This is the Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck. Be joined by professional sports better Dave Esler. You want to find any of our content, find us on Twitter. I'm at Rowdy underscore Razor. Dave is at Dave underscore Esler. Or you can find some of his work at pregame.com. Before we jump into some college and NFL football here, just uh, want to say once again, thank all the listeners that listen to the podcast. Continue to download, subscribe, like, cast, share it with your friends. Do all that good stuff. We can continue to bring you more and more content. Dave, how are we feeling? We're we're rolling along here. Before we know it, college football is going to be about half done. Yeah, we'll be handicapping balls in about a month. But let's jump right into our very first game. Uh, it's going to be one right out of the shoot here. The Red River rivalry here, Dave. Oklahoma traveling to, well, I guess they're not traveling to Texas, but taking on Texas, neutral site location. Currently, you have Texas favored by six and a half points, total sitting there at 60 and a half. What are you thinking here for Oklahoma, Texas and the Red River rivalry? I remember when this just used to be called the Red River shootout, but I digress. Well, it's not going to be a shootout. Uh, the Sooners have put up a ton of points, but what's coming along is their defense a lot. I mean, they've they allowed six to Cincinnati and 11 to SMU, and I realize those aren't elite offenses, but they don't suck. Uh, you know, it's not um, UTEP or, or some other, you know, third-world team. And although they aren't Texas, it's a great sign. I mean, I can say the same thing about Texas. I mean, they, they only allowed 14 to a pretty good Kansas offense. So, you know, for me in these big games, sometimes I don't overthink the problem. And I don't actually think who cares who's going to win and by how many in this one. I'm going to be on the under. I mean, the Sooners have a lot of rushing TV yet this season. So I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I like the under. I agree with you. I looked at this game. I was going to give out two leans. It was the under 60 and a half. And then I would... Because of that, I would also lean Oklahoma. You mentioned it. Will Venable, this defense is night and day from his first year there. They look pretty darn good. Now, I know they haven't necessarily played the type of teams that Texas has, but they look really good. Gabriel has played pretty well, and and Texas beat up on Oklahoma last year in this game, but Dylan Gabriel didn't play. The defense was much worse. I think we get a much more competitive game because – I know Texas beat Kansas. I know they beat Alabama, but it's not exactly like they've beaten, you know, powerhouse after powerhouse for some people to be talking like they think they should be number one. I think both defenses are good. Thereby, I think I could see this one being like a a 28 to 24 type game. And I think uh, Oklahoma can keep it close. And I don't know about you, but do you think we'll see a seven in this game? I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. I mean, if you like Oklahoma jump now, yeah, if it goes to seven, it won't stay there for more than about a minute. They'll they'll buy that right up. So yeah, I think if you like Oklahoma, take it now. So there you go. Both Dave and I like the under, and I lean with Oklahoma in this one. Dave, let's move to our second game. This is going to be an SEC game. We're looking at number 11, Alabama, traveling to Texas A&M. Currently, we have an Alabama team favored by a point and a half with a total sitting there at 46 and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for our second game here, Bama A&M? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's a lot like the first game. The market's clearly saying the Aggies are the right side. 
So they must not be afraid of A&M losing Connor Wegman or or they're just sour on Alabama. But the tight defense is starting to look like they're taking things a little personally. They, they've been looking really good lately. And yeah, Texas did what they wanted to do, but Alabama hold, held Ole Miss to 10 points. And that's the same Ole Miss team that made LSU's defense look like Swiss cheese last week. So, you know, I have to say, I don't think the Aggies put up a ton of points. That said, it's Texas A&M also that has the number one defense in the SEC. So... Once again, I like the under. I mean, these big games have novice betters uh, liking to bet overs. And once again, I think they're wrong. I, I know the numbers already come down quite a bit, but I think it's still playable, in my opinion, to anything over 45. Again, I'm going with the under. Yeah, Dave, I'm glad you say that. We're in agreement here because on Tuesday morning at 6.50 my time here in Wisconsin, I gave out the Alabama A&M under at 49 and a half. And depending on where you look, it's 46, 46 and a half now. So that's come down considerably. So all that closing line value, I'm almost sure that it'll go over now. Yeah, that's how that goes. But I'm with you. I like the under. Reason being is these two teams match up pretty well. Both teams have good defenses, athletes. They'll be able to stop the run. Both of these teams also kind of rely on running the football for offense. And especially with Wigman Hurt, I, I don't really believe in either of these teams' quarterbacks being able to throw the football for, you know, a ton of yards to rack up a ton of points feels like a, a Big Ten type game where it's run the football and play defense and uh, not a ton of points. So I agree. But I think, uh, was it you where you were talking about Bama versus Old Miss? This feels like a cheap price for Alabama. I think yeah. I would lean with Alabama because it feels like a team where Milrose playing a little bit better, though I don't think he's great. And the defense, like you said, is pretty darn good and it feels like it's a little pissed off i think at the uh minus one and a half feels kind of cheap i could see bama easily winning this game by a touchdown and it's still being lower scoring um i'm gonna pass the side it's one of those that i i would lean to alabama if i did the work i don't trust milro and the market is clearly saying a&m might be the right side i mean they were as high as three and that got bought up really quickly so i'm gonna i'm gonna pass but i think you know, gun to I don't know. Alabama doesn't always fare well at A&M at all. So there is that if you want to go back and look historically. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to retract my Alabama lead and just totally pass on the side. So there you go. Both Dave and I, we agree with the under for the Alabama Texas A&M game. I'm going to lean with Bama. He's going to pass. Dave, let's move on to our third college football game. It's going to be another SEC game going to be number 20 Kentucky traveling to Georgia to take on number one, Georgia. And if you look at the line, currently Georgia favored by 14 and a half in this one. And the total sitting there at 47 and a half. Uh, what are you thinking for Kentucky, Georgia? Yeah, I mean, Kentucky's still undefeated, but the jury's still out. Uh, you know, their best win was last week against Florida, but I'm of the opinion that Florida sucks. Are the Wildcats as good as they've been in years? Absolutely. Uh, but by the same token, I don't think Georgia's as good as they were last season without Stetson Bennett. Uh, they struggled to beat Auburn last week. Uh, they were down two scores at home to South Carolina before rallying in the second half. Georgia has Vanderbilt next week. I wish they had a bigger game, uh, which could lead to a little bit of a letdown of sorts. But I think over two touchdowns in what should be a lower scoring game, I think I'm going to gulp and take Kentucky. Dave, we are in, in agreements here, except for that was more of my lean. I actually looked at this game. And like the Alabama-Texas A&M game, I gave out the under earlier this week. Now, the under was sitting there at 48.5 on Tuesday. 
like I said, currently at 47 and a half. So it has come down a little bit, but it's two teams. And I agree with you on your Georgia stance. It still seems like one of the best teams in the country, but it's not as good as the Georgia teams last year or two years ago. And it feels like it's a Georgia team that's just kind of sleepwalking. Obviously, they play really good defense and they're able to run the football on most teams and just basically out athletic all these lesser teams. But Kentucky, they're built kind of like a mini Georgia. I mean, they're solid against the pass, but they're going to stop the run. And both of these teams kind of rely on the run. I don't think Beck is as good as what his recruiting stars were. And we talked about the Kentucky-Florida matchup last week. I'm still not a believer in Leary. And I think both defenses can take the runaway or at least slow the game down. I like the under and I would lean with Kentucky because I like the under and they're getting over two touchdowns. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, 100%. You know, Georgia's defense is good uh, and their offensive line is good. But you remember that they lost Jalen Carter off the defensive line. I think he was a top 10 pick to the Eagles uh, and they lost an offensive tackle. Uh, somewhere along the line. Broderick Jones, um, he went to the Steelers, I think, with a 14th pick. So, you know, they did lose a lot, and and that was just in the first first half of the first round. So, yeah, I like Kentucky. So there we go. Both Dave and I agree with the, the Kentucky, and then I'm going to like the under between Kentucky and Georgia. Dave, let's move to our fourth college football game. It's going to be number 10 Notre Dame traveling to number 25 Louisville currently Notre Dame favored by six and a half and you have a total sitting there at 53 and a half what are you thinking for this primetime game yeah I mean the Irish get some offensive pieces back this week but what worries me about Notre Dame this is their seventh game and, and that's without a bye week uh, they've also got the eighth game without a bye week next week at home to USC so this is a terrible spot for them uh, on the other side you know Louisville's undefeated they haven't beaten a quality opponent. I think their best win was probably NC State last week, and, and that wasn't pretty to watch. Uh, they allowed a ton of points early to a marginal Georgia Tech team in the first game. They allowed 28 to Boston College. I think six and a half might be enough because Louisville could slip in the back door uh, if Notre Dame sort of leads late and, and starts thinking about USC. Uh, but I also like the over in this one quite a bit. So uh, the underdog and the over is where I'm going to be looking to place my wages on that game. So we're going to agree on the underdog with Louisville. We're going to disagree on the total. I like Louisville as well. I think uh, you kind of stated it. Notre Dame, tough spot with two straight tough games that have kind of come down to the wire or at least the last possession. Now you got to play another ranked team on the road. And you mentioned USC is sitting there lurking. You know you're going to have to bring the defense to that game. And it just feels like this, how many times can this Notre Dame team get, you know, turned up to 10 to play these tough games? And you mentioned how they don't have a bye. Louisville, on the other hand, they've kind of been taking care of their business. And I think that the plumber brahm connection that they had in, in Purdue, it seems to be pretty smooth and working. And you also mentioned that their defense outside of a couple of games has been decent as well. I think because of the Notre Dame fatigue, I think this defense holds up, especially because it's a night game in Louisville. Fans are going to bring a little bit more energy. That defense will be jacked up. So I do like Louisville. And then the under, I just kind of mentioned how I think that the defense will stand up, the fatigue of Notre Dame. But on the flip side, Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman, they played against uh, Purdue and Jeff Brom and Plummer, the quarterback here, two years ago. 
and they shut them down. I think if I remember correctly, they only allowed 13 points. Now I do think Louisville is slightly better when it comes to talent than Purdue, but at least the defensive coordinator slash head coach has seen this quarterback head coaching duo together and shut it down in a previous season. So I think the familiarity, it'll be a prime dime, lower scoring Louisville cover. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, but, you know, Notre Dame, this is, you know, it's it's funny. They uh, actually are having their season made by LSU because they got to be laughing at Brian Kelly right about now. So so regardless, it's a win for Notre Dame. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my over. I'm afraid we're going to have to disagree. So Dave and I on the Notre Dame-Louisville game will agree with Louisville with the underdog play and disagree with the total. Dave's going to go with the over, and I'll take the under. Uh, moving on to our final college football game here, Dave. We're going to be looking at a Pac-12 matchup, number 15, Oregon State, traveling to unranked Cal. Currently, Oregon State is favored in this game, minus the 9.5, total sitting there at 51.5. Dave, what are you thinking for Oregon State, Cal? Yeah, I'd love to take Oregon State blindly, but the last time they went on the road, they lost at Washington State. It was clearly better than Cal. But for me, I just have the stigma of watching DJU at Clemson for so long that I just don't trust him. But then again, Oregon State has an NFL offensive line. I mean, the, the four of them will probably go in the draft, and we know they'll be running the ball all night long. And I, I think they'll eventually wear Cal out. You know, Cal has put up points in spots, but they were fortunate to beat Arizona State last week. I mean, they, they allowed Arizona State six yards per play, and they only averaged 4.2 themselves and 100 yards less offense. If, if ASU doesn't turn it over, Cal loses that game. But I don't want to be a square here. Uh, but Oregon State also brings a good defense, which you got to have on the road. So I do lean, and so does the market to the under. Uh, I think I'll be on the Cal team total under. Uh, I also think eventually OSU does cover the nine and a half. The market seems a little reluctant to agree, agree, and I'm a little reluctant to take Oregon State, but I can't get to Cal. I'll bet you can. No, I actually, my play in this game was the total under. And like the previous Bama A&M and then the Kentucky Georgia I gave all three of these unders out on Tuesday took the under at 52 and a half now down to 51 and a half I'd still probably go with that under and the reason being is these two teams are practically mirrors of themselves when you look at the numbers wise they like to have balanced offense pass and run but both quarterbacks in my opinion kind of need that run well both defenses have been pretty stout against the run. Cal giving up less than 100 a game, Oregon State less than 70 a game. I think both defenses take away kind of what both these teams want to do on offense, running the football. And then it just comes down to who's got the better quarterback, who can do more. I agree with you. I think that's Oregon State, but I think we'll see a, a lower scoring game because these two quarterbacks aren't as talented as we thought. The one reason why I'd stay away from Oregon State is I mean, they've played two big-time games against physical opponents back-to-back in Washington State and Utah, went one-and-one in them. That's what would keep me off, just because it feels like there could be a bit of a letdown here. No real lean to a side, but I do like the under. Yeah, I do too. And, I, I, you know, we'll know early, I think, in that one. I I don't think it'll take four quarters to figure that one out. Because it seemed like... I I, I do think Oregon State has more players and better players than... And they're deeper. I think they're going to just wear Cal out. And that's their MO. It's just, I mean, they're so big. They're so athletic up front. I just, uh, you know, I don't know that anybody can match them for four quarters. 
I don't think Falcons. Because Dave, I'm just looking at these two in their last five games here to start the season. Uh, if we would have played this game like on the September 23rd, where Cal's coming off of at the time an impressive win against the North Texas team that people thought would be good, a small loss against Auburn, and then a, a win against Idaho versus Oregon State's you know win against an all right San Jose team at the time. And then it's UC Davis and San Diego State. I mean, I think this game would have probably been lined a little bit closer, but because Oregon State has looked pretty darn good, especially in their two big matchups, and and since then, Cal got obliterated by Washington and barely beat a poor Arizona State team. I don't know. It just feels like three weeks ago it would have been lined quite a bit differently, and Oregon State played two wars. Yeah, but, I mean, Oregon State's got, you know, the the knock on them, I think, going forward is – you know, they got that one loss to Washington State, but, you know, they're still looking at a Pac-12 championship in the last year of the Pac-12 for all intents and purposes. Uh, but I think they end with Washington and Oregon both. So there's going to be some there's going to be some uh, not paying attention here in a game or two. And this could well be it. I mean, that's my probably my least favorite of all the bets in this game is Oregon State. But if you're holding the gun to my head and you want my opinion, that's where I'd go. But I like the under and the Cal team total under a whole lot better. So there we go. Dave liking the Cal team total under. We both agree on the game total in general under. Dave gunned ahead likes uh, Oregon State in that matchup. I'm not going to play aside. Dave, that'll do it for our college football slate for the week. Again, if you want to find any of our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. Or you can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler or some of his work at pregame.com. Dave, before we close the book on college football, have any market plays or anything else that kind of caught your eye for this week? Um, I'm looking. um, If anybody gets it today, I do like the Western Kentucky under tonight. Uh, That's something. I kind of lean Baylor. Let's see what else we got going on here. I like the Clemson under, growing down the board. Uh, LSU, Missouri, I like that over. I really want to take Iowa State against TCU, but I'm not quite there yet. What else? Yeah, I think I already told you I like Baylor at home. Uh, I think Mississippi wakes up offensively and, and, and takes care of Arkansas at home. I don't understand it why Michigan is only 19 over Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota team total under. And that'll be the end of that'll be the end of that. That is right where I was going to go. The two that I gave out earlier this week on the show that caught my eye, I like Minnesota team total under the 13 and a half. And then I lean with Michigan, obviously, minus the 19. The other one that caught my eye was Miami, the U, in the first half, minus 10 and a half. Yeah, I like that one, too. I'm, I'm struggling to get to lay in the 21 for the whole game, but uh, I think Georgia Tech's in for a long night. All right, Dave. Well, that's the college slate for everybody. Let's uh, transition here to the NFL game. First NFL game we're going to be looking at, it's going to be the London game. So make sure you're up early. It's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills in London. Currently for this line, the Buffalo Bills are favored by five and a half with a total of 48 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for this London game between the Jaguars and Bills? Yeah, I got I kind of hate this game, really. Um, you know, I I can't upgrade the Jags for being in London for two weeks straight because with today's travel, I mean, it's no different than going coast to coast, which which teams do all the time. You know, the interesting thing here is that Jacksonville does not have a bye week next week, as a lot of London teams do. Uh, so I don't I don't know how that affects them. It, it could. Uh, but then again, you know, Jacksonville's beaten Anthony Richardson in his first NFL game and Desmond Ritter. Uh, they've lost to C.J. Stroud and Mahomes. What, 
you know, what does that tell me? That they probably won't beat Josh Allen. But can they cover? I don't know. Circa went to six, but I think I went seven. Then it came back down. The total's going up. Uh, that has to be because of what everybody saw the Bills do last week. Uh, well, impressive. I think that was a Bills statement to the AFC East and specifically the Dolphins. Uh, the Bills don't need that here. Uh, they made their statement. They want to win. They want to go home. I like the under. So, Dave, liking the under here, I actually like the Jaguars in the first half plus the three and a half. The reason for that, you mentioned how the Jaguars are already in London. We already know if they're going to rename them the Jacksonville Jaguars. They'd probably be renamed the London Jaguars. Ton of experience playing here. And they're here, I think, at the beginning of the game that could be useful for a Bills team that hasn't played in London since 2015. Clearly, Josh Allen wasn't playing quarterback. Sean McDermott wasn't the coach. This is a first-time experience for those two guys on the team. And just in general, the Jaguars have kind of played up to competition and down to competition this year. And I think when you look at it, this is kind of a good matchup for the Jaguars versus the Bills because the Jags can stop the run. And we know that if the Bills can soften you up with the run, Josh Allen can clearly throw it all over the yard. But if you, you limit him and make him drop back a ton, he can turn it over. And we saw in, in 2021 with a poorly coached Urban Meyer team, this was a very close game. And um, Peterson has also played pretty well as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles against a younger Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. So I kind of like the matchup, especially in the first half, because of the uh, familiarity with playing in London versus not. I'll take the Jaguars in the first half plus the three and a half. Well, good luck with that. I live in Jackson. I live in Jacksonville. Hey, we don't know if they win the full game, but Jacksonville's covering the first half. Okay. Let's move to our second game. Now, the rest of these NFL games are going to be noon kicks. Uh, first one we're looking at, it's going to be the Houston Texans traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Currently, Atlanta favored by one and a half with a total of 41 and a half. Yeah, the market spoke early here. I mean, I think Atlanta opened two and a half or three favorites, and, and, the, and everybody bought all the the Texans plus the points, but you know, it's been bought back to Atlanta, but you know, I know a lot of smart guys last week or guys that think they're smart that had the Falcons uh, at the lions last week. And the Falcons averaged 2.8 yards per play with 183 yards total offense. And, you know, maybe the Detroit defense is better than we think, but nonetheless, I digress. Houston's feeling pretty good about themselves. You know, we know everybody knows now Stroud appears to be the real dealer at worst. He's protecting the ball, which is going to win games. Uh, I've always said the teams that don't turn it over or get penalized a ton will have a chance in the fourth quarter, and I think Houston does. Uh, what I don't like, Arthur Smith said Tuesday, he's sticking with Ritter. Uh, I wonder whether Arthur Blank would agree, uh, but props to Arthur Blank for being hands-off publicly. Uh, I do still lean Houston uh, under, uh, and the Falcons team total under. I mean, as long as Desmond Ritter's in there, I can't take anything but. So I heard a lot of things about this game, and – Obviously, with the Falcons, it's the coming back from London without taking the bye. And it was like, I think it was the opposing team's team total over was four to one in like the last couple of years is what I heard. But I also, I agree with you. I feel like the Texans might be getting a little overhyped here off of a couple wins where it feels like some of the love might be over warranted. I still feel like when you look at this Falcons team, it's such a matchup type team for me. If they can run on you, 
it's going to be a close, low-scoring game because they are decent enough in their secondary. If they can't run on you, you're going to blow them out because they literally can't score. And that's what happened to them against Jacksonville and Detroit, two teams that stopped the run. Well, looking at the Texans, they're like bottom 12 in the NFL when it comes to stopping the run. So I feel like the Falcons will be able to run on them. I still think it'll be a closer game because the Falcons don't run away from anybody. But because of all that love, and the fact that this line has shrank so much, I think I'm willing and inclined to play the the Falcons minus the one and a half. Yeah, a lot of people are. I don't know. I if anybody gets this early, I uh, I did tease the Redskins tonight down to a pick, and the Texans up to plus seven and a half with the intent of taking the Falcons money line and trying to go for a middle there in the event Washington just beats Chicago tonight. So there's a little little bonus thinking. What are your thoughts on this? Because of the London travel and some of those trends and, and the fact that people are liking the, the Texans here as of late, Atlanta first half money line, where I think they can run on them a little bit, they're a little fresher. The Texans second half team total over nine and a half. Um, yeah, that's a possibility. I, I like your thinking there. I, I, I have to think about that before I commit to it, but I, I wouldn't say no. I'm just thinking if they come out and they're able to run the football, they might be able to grind out a lead. And then in the second half, when they start to tire out from London, Texans can throw the football. They'll probably be behind. They'll have to throw more. They go over nine and a half for a team total in the second half. Yeah, I mean, it makes some sense based on, you know, if the first half goes kind of according to script. I don't like to make second half bets without seeing what's going on in the first half. But in theory, I would agree with you. Let's move to our next NFL game. We have the Carolina Panthers. They're traveling to Detroit to take on the Lions. Currently, Lions favored by 10. Total sitting there at 44.5. What do you think for the Panthers-Lions game here? Do I I tell everybody what I said when you put this game on the schedule? Probably were thinking if I was on drugs again. No, I flipped you the bird. Um, I can only look Lions. I mean, the Panthers have scored – well, they haven't scored more than 17 points in any game Bryce Young played. I mean, they put up a bunch at Seattle. But 14 of the 27 they put up were in the fourth quarter, and that was with Dalton, who at the time I felt was an upgrade. I mean, the Panthers are 30th in yards per play defensively, I mean offensively, and and the Lions' defense is actually fourth in opponents' yards per play. So with that in mind, the Panthers' defense, uh, it's respectable, and uh, in some areas, and you know, St. Brown's nicked and maybe out, uh, so the under's a probable bet there as well. Uh, but I, I I can't take those points. You, you're welcome to do that. No, I actually like the Detroit Lions in the first half minus the six and a half. And my reason for this is when I look at the Panthers, I see kind of a lesser Green Bay Packers. Uh, when the Packers played the Lions, now I know offhand the Packers offensive line is good, but it was so beat up, so decimated it wasn't. Panthers have the worst offensive line right now in NFL history with the pace that it's giving for pressures. They have a younger quarterback, more inexperienced. He's clearly showing that less weapons that can stretch the field on the outside. And they're not going to be able to run the football on this top five Detroit Lions rush defense. So that'll be the Detroit Lions pinning their ears back. And it's not like Carolina has the greatest defense. Lions should still be able to move the football I like the Lions in the first half. And on top of that, this was a Panthers team that beat the Lions in their big winning streak to end the season. That actually ended up being the game that didn't allow them to make the playoffs going into the last week of the season. So they have a little bit of revenge there. And 
They saw Bryce Young earlier this year, the last game of preseason, where he was still taking quite a bit of snaps. So give me the Lions in the first half coming out there and really putting it on Carolina. No disagreement on this end. Uh, Moving to our next game, we're going to focus on the Giants and the Dolphins. Uh, Currently, New York heading to Miami. Miami 10.5 point favorites with a total of 48.5. This is the one, Dave, that I wanted to get your opinion because everything for me said Miami – over this should be easy they should kill the giants but then the um the other part of me says well maybe i should be contrarian and just for some reason take the giants because i don't know why anyone else would yeah i mean all i gotta really do is look back to you know if you need a reason to take those points go back to the chiefs and the jets the other the other night sunday night or monday night when nobody gave the, the jets a chance to cover i mean i know Mahomes slid we can argue that but you know what happened what happened and you know I'm kicking myself because I was on the Giants team total Monday night against Seattle, who had a horrible defense. And, and uh, you know, I had just recently in another podcast put the Giants in the in the mix for the worst team in the NFL right now. So, you know, I don't know. Miami 70 points against Denver was the perfect storm with the McDaniels history. And, and uh, what's his name? They're saying, too, it would be benched for for uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And, uh, last week, Buffalo was was uh, the other side of the Miami coin where it was kind of the perfect storm. So let's not overreact, but I don't think you can overreact to the Giants offense. Um, you know, I, I, I doubt Miami has any incentives to get right this week. They're the Panthers next week uh, at home. So I think for me, Miami getting right actually starts with a defense after letting Buffalo just kind of go right through them. With that said, I'm going to go under in this one. May look at the Giants team total under again. Uh, that's going to be a popular bet, but I actually like the under. Yeah, I looked at this one, and and because of all the over in Miami love, I figured that there'd probably be some value, if not on the under, on the New York Giants. And I looked at it, and it was, if I had to bet it, I'd probably be with you on the under and with the Giants because no one else is going to be there, and there'll probably be some value. And to your point, Miami doesn't have to blow them out. There is no rivalry or Sean Payton comments or anything to do with this team. It's just not a good team. And the Dolphins, it's not like they have a great team on deck, but a, a win is a win in the NFL. So I could see them really taking their foot off the gas. So I, w- I guess I would lead under, I would lead Giants, and maybe Giants in the second half once Miami shuts it down. Yeah, if I'm betting Miami, it's for the first half. I think you can still get a six and a half there. But uh, after that very lopsided mismatch, let's look at one that I think is going to be a lot closer of a game and a, uh, two teams in which are more familiar. Let's look at the... Baltimore Ravens traveling to Pittsburgh. Currently, the Ravens favored by four and a half, total sitting there at 38. Dave, what are you thinking for our final NFL game? Yeah, the Steelers are on that list of teams that were going to have to wait to get my money. And, uh, you know, I think you could tick off the other four or five uh, because I'd rather pass a winner than bet the Steelers and watch the same shit happen again. Uh, although I did have Houston big last week. But, you know, Baltimore surprised a lot of people last week. So I expect, suspect everyone will be on the Ravens. But, uh, you know, I, I look at the Ravens. Uh, you know, they've beaten Houston at home in Brad's first game. Uh, they beat Cincinnati by three and obviously Cleveland. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh isn't any better, but Pittsburgh's desperate and they're at home, so I might retract my my no more on the Steelers uh, if the number's right, and I think four is probably it. The Ravens did allow 24 to the hapless Bengals offense on the road. Uh, Baltimore and under obvious bets, uh, but we know how, how the sheep do things. It's a huge game for Pittsburgh. After all that bullshit, they're still two and two. And they have a game at the Rams next week and that they'll probably lose. 
And two and four might all but eliminate them from January. So since they can't get any worse, I'm fairly certain I'll be on the Steelers. It's a division game. They have their familiarity, and they're at home. So if I'm betting the game, I'm taking the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Tomlin. Tomlin won't let that happen again. I would say that I probably want to be on the under, but this did open, I believe, at 40, 40 and a half, and it's down to 38, and that's starting to get you know decently low. I'd still probably lean under. It's the black and blue game here, black and blue division. You look at last year, Kenny Pickett, obviously, first-year starting rookie. The Ravens and, and Steelers played two very low-scoring games, but the Ravens got to take a peek at the Steelers, and now they – did get a little healthier last week and probably even more so this week. But the Steelers didn't see Jackson last year. And and I know they know what he is, but I think just a, you know, a new, fresh Lamar Jackson is positive for the Ravens and the fact that they are getting healthier. And it's hard to trust that Steelers team with what they look like here as of late. I leaned with Baltimore in the first half, minus the two and a half, because the Steelers are coming off of back-to-back road games where they had to go to the West Coast. They had to go to Houston, now back on the East Coast. Maybe Ravens first half, and maybe a Steelers team total under 16.5 because Ravens are going to stop the run. Steelers already can't run, and the Ravens have a decent uh, secondary, and Kenny Pickett has struggled. So uh, I'll lean with the Ravens in the first half and maybe a Pittsburgh team total under. Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy game. and. Sometimes when they don't look easy, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do what the what what the books want you to do, um, because I would rather be on their side than the, everybody else's side. So I know it's not easy, but I do lean Steelers. That'll do it for our NFL games, Dave. Real quick, do you have any uh, markets or anything you were looking at for NFL here? No, I like a lot of things, but I don't love a lot of things. I'm going to wait and, and see what happens. There's there's a lot of really tough games this week. Um, I I did bet San Francisco. I I, I can tell you that. Uh, we don't have time to get into why, but I'll just leave that there. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little behind the eight ball on the NFL. I got about. Uh, probably two thirds of the games done yesterday, but I won't lie. The last two nights, the the Brewers uh, playoffs have kept me occupied. And now I will be free from that for the rest of um, October and November and December, January and February. Yeah. And, and probably next October too. We could talk about that in March, but uh, yeah, again, I just want to remind everybody, if you want to find any of our stuff, you can find me on Twitter at, rowdy underscore razor you can find dave at dave underscore essler or some of his work at pregame.com for the last time just want to remind you please download like share subscribe do all that good stuff with the podcast and we'll keep pumping out the football podcasts on winner's take every thursday college and nfl football but until then let's continue to win some money the winner's take is your podcast for everything gambling at madcitysportszone.com in the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.